Welcome to the From Soccer to Football podcast, where I, Joshua Temptition, and I, Nacho Bonpadre, explore the development of the beautiful game in North America. Today, we're going to be talking about football clubs heading in the wrong direction. Every league has teams that underperform. However, there's none as big as English Premier League teams, Chelsea and Manchester United, who are currently in the worst state of their club's history. To help us explore which team is in a worse position and what the key problems are, we have invited the host of the Stephen Talks Stalker podcast and longtime Chelsea fan, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for coming to the show. Hi, Josh. So I just want to begin by asking you, who do you think is in a worse position right now, Manchester United or Chelsea? Well, firstly, I want to say thank you for having me on your podcast today. I really appreciate the introduction and the fact that you invited me to come and talk about football, my favorite thing. Uh, to answer your question, and I, I mean, this is going to sound like a very biased answer, and it's not meant to be because I do think I think about football quite objectively. People who know me will say that. But I genuinely, genuinely believe that United, Manchester United are in a worse position, and I'll explain to you why. That's probably your next question, I presume. Yes. <laughs> the reason why I think this is simply because I feel like United have been in a bit of a cycle of doing the same thing over and over and over again with different managers. I know Chelsea do something similar in terms of sacking and hiring all the time. But what I feel like for United that's missing is that their ability to create a squad that's cohesive and has balance that's needed in every department of the field isn't there. Now, the reason why I'm stressing this so much, because in football, in order to have a good team, Josh would know this, he's an Arsenal fan, he knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Arsenal's team is well-constructed to the point now, after two or three years with Mikel Arteta, where each element of the field, midfield, defense, attack, and even the goalkeeper, are all capable of playing together as a unit, collectively the right way. United have players who play different styles of football, all on the same pitch at the same time. That doesn't work. You need players who all understand the same blueprint and can follow that consistently. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, their recruitment for years, not even just this last season or with the Ten Hag's first season, in general, it's not been enough for them to find that right balance to have a team that's very capable of, you know, really charging and being the old Manchester United of 10 years ago with Sir Alex Ferguson and beyond that. So that's why I would say United. And we understand by, we can take a look at the teams outside of Europe, like Toronto FC, who are currently bottom of the league in the MLS. They've spent big money signings like Lorenzo Insigne for, I think it was, I could be wrong on this, I think it was a, rec- a league record for $37 million at the time on Lorenzo Insigne. They brought in Bernadette, and they currently sit last place in the league. And so, you know, it, whether it's Europe or the United States or Canada, Money doesn't equal success. And with Chelsea and United situation, how would you fix these two clubs? All right. So we'll start with United because we were just talking about them. Let's keep things simple and in a good flow of logic. Um, for United, what they need to fix, and I, know, I hate saying this because this is such a, like, a cop-out, which most United fans listening will probably mm-hmm. agree with, but you need to, things need to, need to start and need to change from the top. In order for things to improve on the field and in terms of the actual performances of the team, in my personal opinion, and I know United fans are shaking, they're agreeing with me, the owners that they have currently are not looking to make United successful. They're simply using them as a business um, venture, as a business outlet, as a money outlet. They would need owners who are genuinely interested in United's sporting success. And if that were to happen, I feel like the club would then have everything else, every other layer of the hierarchy trickle in the right order. That's my thing for United. I think that they were to do that. I think there is genuine a blueprint for them to be the club they were before. If not, there's too many differing opinions across the, the club, the players, the ownership. No one's on the same page. And until that changes, they're going to keep being in the same place year after year after year after year after year. Now, on to my club, which I've been you know analyzing forever now. For Chelsea, 
what they would need to fix and what they need to fix is by having the ability and the trust in one coach in order to say, this is going to be our manager for X amount of years and recognize that you may lose three, four, five, even six games in a row, but that does not mean you must sack the manager after that happens. Sometimes you need to see the bigger picture and realize this coach is the perfect coach for us. And in my opinion, in my humble, humble opinion, I do think Pochettino for what Chelsea are trying to do is the perfect manager for what this new era of Chelsea is. And Chelsea's biggest mistakes have been, and it's worked because they've won trophies, but their biggest mistake is not backing the coach to stay longer than the fans will allow them to, which is an issue because Pochettino needs that time. You need to give him that freedom to say, this is my team. I'm going to get the my blueprint on the squad. If he fails after that, fair enough. But at least give him two years minimum. And if that can happen, I think Chelsea can really start to push on to be the club that I want them to be and most Chelsea fans want them to be, which is a consistent team that has Mikel Arteta in the dugout, has Jurgen Klopp in their dugout, has Pep Guardiola in the dugout, where you know every week we're going to see the same coach in the dugout week in, week out, not a different guy every two months. So that's my little rant. We know that for Pochettino, you want to keep Pochettino in uh, for Chelsea. What about Ten Hag? Do you think uh, he has limited time considering his success this year has not been very good? Or do you think we it, Manchester United keep him, see what happens? Because we know that it has sacking their manager has not worked before. Uh, they have not seen much success within the last 20 years. So do they keep their manager? It's a really good question. And to be very honest with you, I'm not really a big Ten Hag fan even before he had gone to Manchester United. And I know we had that fantastic run. If you don't know this, he had coached Ajax in the Netherlands prior to his job at United and did a wonderful job with a great Champions League run, even beating Madrid, I believe, in one of those games. But in my personal opinion, I'm not really sold on him. Now, with that said, for United's sake, they should probably keep their coach. Because as you just mentioned, and I agree, it's a bit pointless sometimes just always sack their manager. That doesn't always change things. They've done it before, and it doesn't work. But they need to, what they need to do is make sure they follow the identity of what he wants, which they haven't been doing. They've been doing it to an extent. They bring in Andre Anana, who you mentioned, who in my opinion has been a poor signing so far, given his level. But for their sake as United fans, you should probably want to keep your coach at least for the season. At the very least, let him earn what he earned with winning the uh, EFL Cup last season and finishing third place. Let him get that momentum. If he's still, you know, languishing and United continues to kind of tail off, and I know they won this weekend, so they're super happy, barely, but that is. But if they still are in this position, let's say come December, come late uh, or early next year and towards the end of the season, I'd say, okay, you can start looking to get him off the, the books. But for now, I'd say to keep Eric Ten Hag. Do you think he made the right decision with getting rid of arguably the best player of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo? I disagree with that decision. You disagree with it? Yeah. Do, do you think if Cristiano Ronaldo were still at the club that anything would have changed? Do you think that they'd be in a better position right now? Or do you think that he would have neg negatively uh, influenced the, the dressing room? Because obviously we know that Cristiano Ronaldo is a great leader and he may have helped stabilize the Manchester United dressing room who at the moment, obviously you have players who through and through don't like Ten Hag. You have many scandals regarding uh, relationships, rape, and not very fun subjects to talk about. Do you think that Ten Hag just has a big problem with settling these personalities and that these are hurting the club? So one thing I have to mention, and I don't think that managers of clubs know this well enough, and it's something that people need to realize as part of the modern game, is you need to assemble a team of the right personalities. Mm -hmm. Now, with Cristiano Ronaldo, in my personal opinion, because he's arguably my favorite ever player that I've watched play football, alongside the person who retired yesterday, my actual goat, Eden Hazard, 
But in general, you need, and actually, I'll give you guys a good little caveat. The reason why I liked Hazard so much is because I think any coach who had him would be able to make him the best player he could be, barring his stint at Madrid, which for many reasons didn't turn out well. But personalities like Ronaldo, you need to cater to. You need to make sure he knows he's the leader. You can't have the coach who's less experienced, has won less than Ronaldo, like Ten Hag has, because Ronaldo's literally won nearly every trophy in his career that he can except for the World Cup. And Ten Hag doesn't have that, shouldn't have that authority to be like, let's get rid of the guy who's literally a club legend, has won everything at this club, is but one of our best ever players, if not our best ever player, just to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than Ronaldo is. I have the, you know, I have the authority here. You have to recognize how to build a team of personalities that can gel together. And unfortunately, for Ten Hag's sake, getting rid of Ronaldo makes sense because he needs to stake his claim as being the leader of the team. But let's be real here. The real leader is like when you watch LeBron James play for any team he's played for. I'm wearing his jersey today. LeBron James played for any team he's played for. He's really the coach. Ronaldo, really, he's really running stuff. We know players are listening to him. We know the younger players are looking up to him. We know players that are his age look up to him. He just has that aura on the team. And for United's sake, they do miss these kind of leaders, in my personal opinion. They used to have them in Roy Keane and Paul Scholes and Gary Neville. They don't have that leadership, that spine, that bite as they used to. Ronaldo gave them that. Ten Hag has taken it away. And to be fair, I understand why from a coaching perspective. However, for the club's sake, they needed to keep him because he gives you that consistency of saying, no matter what, we're either going to score today, we're going to have the right mentality when we concede a goal, and we'll be able to keep the team somewhat gelled together. But like as we said, the meshing of um, personalities of Ten Hag and Ronaldo, it didn't work out, and that's why. I think he got uh, kicked out of the club and got booted. And given the the recent, I guess, unsuccessfulness of these two clubs, and sometimes players go in, they don't succeed, do you think younger players are going to be intimidated by this and maybe then now that Chelsea and United might be discouraged of getting younger players? I'm sure, Ignacio, you know, you like, um, of course, you, you are an Argentinian and you always yeah. want your Argentinian players yeah. to do well. Do you think that younger players might be discouraged from going into a club like Chelsea or United and fear that their careers might go down a negative pathway? Uh, I think that's definitely a possibility because I feel like as a player nowadays, you want to be successful from very young. And part of being successful is choosing the right club for you and finding the right pathway that suits your genuine trajectory. In my personal opinion, I'll give you a good example. Jaden Sancho for me at one point was one of the best players of his age group. I thought he was actually very, very good. Uh, I really like them. I still do. I think he has a lot of talent. And at United, unfortunately, and, such a, and Chelsea too, we do do this, where we make players worse almost because of how we treat them in the club in terms of, let's say they came here to get a certain amount of minutes, they don't play that many minutes, or they get sold a year later, or if they get an injury and they never recover the right way because of how the club is operating. It is definitely a, a stigma and, a, and a, what's it called? a symbol of both of these teams but not being able to nurture players the right way. And it is something young players need to be aware of and choose the club they go to correctly. Because sometimes some clubs are perfect for you at a certain age and others aren't. For example, if you're young, I'd recommend you go to Borussia Dortmund. You go to a place like Lille. I know Lille aren't doing that great in Ligue 1, but classically they've had great young players. You go to clubs like this that know how to Ajax, you know, these teams that they know how to nurture young guys and make you a more, uh, even Leipzig, the Red Bull, Leipzig and Salzburg, they're great at that. But uh, this Chelsea and United are often for more established players who have that backing of saying, I'm going to be grounded no matter where I am and I won't worry about these off-the-field issues. And just looking back at the coaches when we're talking about Chelsea, do you think that they made the right decision by sacking Thomas Tuchel so early? Do you think that they'd be in the same position as they are now? Or do you think they'd be in better position? I've had this discussion at least 100 times with Mm -hmm. so many different people. When I tell them I'm a Chelsea fan and I get mixed reactions, when I say I was happy that Thomas Tuchel was sacked. Now, when he was sacked was wrong. 
I think they shouldn't have sacked him seven games into the season. That was a bit naive from the owners. Um, classic, you know, uh, American-esque baseball mentality is what it felt like. But I do feel like getting rid of him entirely made sense, but it should have been done prior to them um, starting the season and bringing the coach they wanted from then. Because I think Tuchel, in my personal opinion, has taken Chelsea as far as that team, that squad of players could go, the Marcos Alonso's, the, you know, the Jovicic's, Jorginho, who I don't rate, Kovacic, who I also don't rate, Kai Havertz, who I also don't rate, Mount, who I also don't rate, many players who I don't like. And I'm happy we got rid of that team because those players are good for what they were in that period with Tuchel, who really got the best out of them. But going forward, he wasn't going to do that again. Like He wasn't going to get the league success uh, to, be, to be matched up with what he did in the Champions League. So in my personal opinion, I'm happy we sacked him because he's not a coach that you can build with like the Klops, like the Peps, like the Artetas, who know how to keep a team ticking for years to come. He was going to be there for maybe two years. You'll see it now. Bayern Munich will be there for another year or so, and then he'll get sacked. It always happens. So I'm happy he's gone. So I just have one last quick question for you here. Um, do you think the best case scenario for both these clubs is to maybe sell them and get new owners? Or are you satisfied with, I know you're not satisfied at all with the Glazers at Manchester United. Do you think Todd Bowley should maybe sell the club, give it to someone else who could maybe bring in a little more structure and stability? Or do you think you give him the chance and run the risk of him selling these young players that you have when they're of age and just using it for financial gain? Because, of course, um, as we've seen around the world, that everyone should take note of is that your owners, if they're good owners, you will have a good club. If they're bad owners, the club could get either relegated, financially redistributed. Um, and it's really, to see, to see it happen to such two big clubs, see this, at least, I wouldn't say downfall, but I would mm -hmm. definitely say decline. Yeah. Do you think the best case scenario is for both these owners to sell or for Chelsea to keep Todd Bowley or for Manchester United just to sell and restart from scratch? So I think for United's sake, especially because they're a team who are so trophy hungry and they need to feel that feeling of winning again because that fan base in my, as much as I don't like United, they kind of deserve it. They're a very classical mm -hmm. English club. Um, I think for United's sake, for their own betterment, forget how I feel about them. But I actually, as a Chelsea fan, I want them to keep their owners because they're going to keep being as, as you know, repetitive and as kind of rotten as they are. Mm. Yeah. But for their sake, they would probably need new orders to, in order to get better. So I would say they definitely, whenever they can, and I hope they don't do this actually as a Chelsea fan, but whenever they can, they should get rid of their owners and bring in new ones that are more likely to actually help them win. And for Chelsea's sake, I would say to keep backing the, the American gang of Baghdad at Bali and, and Todd Bowley. And I'm only saying that simply because I feel like the people who work underneath them as the technical directors and the sporting people are finally, finally making the right decisions. If that changes, like I said, and we go to, like you said, just making it about financial gain, both of these guys should definitely go because football is not just about, it shouldn't be just about how to make money off these clubs. It should be about letting them be the successful teams they're supposed to be. So if you like what Steven had to say today, you can go and find him on all your podcasting platforms at the Steven Talk Soccer Podcast. Stay tuned for next time as we continue to explore the development of soccer in North America. I'm Joshua Temptation. And I'm Ignacio Bonpadre. And this has been From Soccer to Football. If you liked this episode, please make sure to subscribe and follow us on all of our social media and stay tuned for the upcoming episodes.